0: He's not just praising God because His loving kindness is great. He's praising God because His loving kindness is great in our direction. Yeah, toward us. And so when you are struggling and not knowing what to do in these moments, remember that it's God's loving kindness that's with you.
1: Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Viers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, How do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Dr. Rob Green and his wife Stephanie. Rob is an overseeing pastor at our Faith East campus, which is a huge responsibility just in and of itself. But he also teaches Greek and New Testament in our seminary, so has a very important role and impact in the lives of our seminary students, for which we're so grateful And then he's overseeing our faith biblical counseling ministries right now and had done that for a number of years. He's going to be transitioning out of that role to another one of our pastors over the next couple of years. But there's no doubt that Rob is very, very busy in ministry and is a very important part of our team. He's served here for the last 19 years and very, very thankful, Rob, for you. And we also have the privilege of having Rob's wife, Stephanie, with us today. Stephanie's just a faithful pastor's wife and mom, and I'm so glad for not just our staff, I'm very blessed, but also our staff wives, just a delightful, delightful group of people. And whenever you're a pastor's wife around here, there are just so many ministry opportunities that come as a result of just working with your husband then also the role of raising children, and then working as a nurse at our Christian school. So I'm just so glad for both Rob and Stephanie. Rob wrote a book earlier entitled Tying the Knot, which is a book on premarital counseling, and we talked about that in a a previous podcast. And if you're not familiar with that book, Tying the Knot, I really want to encourage you to listen to that podcast and consider purchasing and using that resource. It's just so very, very valuable. But then following up on that, Rob and Stephanie together wrote the book, Tying Their Shoes, which is a book about parenting in the early years. And so I'm really glad, Rob and Stephanie, to have both of you with us to just talk about this other book that you've written together, Tying Their Shoes. So thanks a lot for your life, for your ministry, the joy of serving together with you all these years, and also for taking some time just to talk with us today.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: All right. Hey, Rob, what led you to writing the book? Can you just start with us there?
0: Well, first of all, we really had a great time with tying the knot. And by God's grace, we were seeing people interested in it, and the Lord was using it to make a difference in the lives of others. And so we thought, well, maybe there's an opportunity to encourage those who are now getting ready for the parenting stage to be encouraged. And in our own experience, when our first child was coming and on the way, we're thinking, well, <laughs> what do we do? Where's the manual? <laughs> Where's the manual, exactly. And, you know, we bought the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, because there were a lot of changes that were happening to Stephanie, and there were a lot of unknowns that yeah. were coming. And so that book provided a little bit of hope and help. But we thought, you know, there's nothing that we can find on this from the spiritual side. Interesting. And we thought boy, we could really benefit, and could have benefited, from something that just put a Jesus focus in our hearts as we got ready for the change that was going to take place in our lives. And Steph, we also had the privilege of serving with the young couples, and how did that kind of play into this?
2: Yes, we have a real heart for the young couples in our church, and, you know, we've had the sweet privilege of just leading that group for many, many, over 15 years, I think. Wow. Sweet, sweet opportunity. And when we first started leading the ABF, it was full of newly married couples. (laughs) And you know, as time went on, more and more of the young couples became young parents. And this was just a way we could encourage and help them without doing a parenting series every time one of them became pregnant, because over time, Lots were becoming pregnant at the same time. And we also recognize that some of the couples were heading into parenting with a lot of biblical training and knowledge, and others had less. So this was an opportunity to provide a resource to help those who wanted more training.
1: Yeah, and I'm very, very thankful for your ministry to all of our young couples over the years. You know, it's interesting that you say that. A couple of weeks ago, we were recording a podcast with Jerry and Rita Jameson. Jerry's the longest-term member of our church, started just right after this church was founded 59 years ago, And, and Jerry was telling the story of Pastor Good, my predecessor and mentor. When Pastor Good came to this church, Jerry told him, well, you know, of course, you'll also not just be preaching, but teaching the auditorium Sunday school class, and that's where all the older adults went. And um, Pastor Good said, at least the way Jerry told the story, he said, no, I, mo- I won't, because I'm going to be taking a smaller group of the young couples and starting a new Sunday school class somewhere else in the building, because he said, that's the future of the Church, mm-hmm. and I want to really pour my heart and life. And that would have been true of his wife, Mildred, as well. We're going to pour our lives into these young couples. We'll get a good teacher for the quote-unquote auditorium class, but we're going to pour our lives into the the young couples because that's such a passion that we have for ministry. There's a sense in which you have followed in the footsteps of Bill and Mildred Gude with the exact same kind of passion, the exact same kind of focus. And so this book, it wasn't just some academic project for you, was it? It, This was born out of experience of ministry to many people that you were trying to serve. Yeah, thank you That's exactly right. You mentioned a bit about wanting not just to prepare for what's going on in one's wife's body or how the changes are going to happen in the household, but you wanted to have more of a spiritual foundation. So can you unpack that for us a little bit more? What do you mean by that and how does the book do that?
0: Well, there are several things that change. One is identity. You know, you get a new one. <laughs> Absolutely, you, you get do. Get dad. You get mom. And isn't that a tremendous privilege and blessing from the Lord? And you think about those moments and like, wow, this is so wonderful. But it can take you off kilter of what your core identity should be, and that is who you are in Christ. And so if we do that and we become all about our child, then we create a child-centered home. And we needed some way to just orient our thinking back to our relationship with Christ. We also had to... Prioritize our marriage. Hmm. You know, there's so many things that happen when you get a new baby into yeah. your home, for the first time. At least the second or third or fourth, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, everything is different. Yep. And you feel lost because you have this new little one that you're supposed to care for. And sometimes what you think works hmm. doesn't result in what you're hoping it results in. Absolutely. And so there's this unsettledness. Yep. And it can end up being where the marriage begins to suffer because of the pressure applied by the new child. Hmm. So we wanted to help couples think, how do you prioritize your marriage? No, you're not going to look at each other at 9 o'clock at night and say, hey, let's go play games with so-and-so. Those days are done. But that doesn't mean we can't prioritize our marriage. We also wanted parents to think or new parents to think, what is your goal anyway? what are you trying to accomplish? Yep. Are you seeking to raise your child in the and admonition of the Lord? Or is there some other goal that you have in mind that you're wanting to establish right away? Mm-hmm. You know, a chip off the old block, so to speak. Right. Well, I was a football player, and so yep. my son's going to be a big strapping football player. And just how easy it is to lend ourselves to that. Then the blessings and challenges of parenting, we at least wanted to let them know, hey, these are coming. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about it, but there are so many blessings along the way, and we want you to enjoy them. Hmm. And then what it means to teach and to discipline your children. Those are things that we need to do. Fathers are told not to exasperate their children, but to bring them up in the nurture and discipline of the Lord. And so we wanted to at least set some direction from the very beginning.
1: Hmm. So helpful. So very, very helpful to every young couple that would I just have the benefit of reading this or having it taught to them or hearing it in counseling. I appreciate that. Stephanie, there's also just the physical aspect of this. So there's labor, there's delivery. You as a nurse know so much more about that, but then also as a mom and as a pastor's wife. So you wrote specifically to help a woman be prepared for that from a spiritual perspective. Can you describe that for us?
2: Yeah. You know, the thought of labor and delivery for a first-time mom can be very overwhelming. And it's new. You've never done it before. And there's a lot of unknowns. And both of those things make it very scary. And on top of that, it often seems that when a pregnant lady is in a room, gathered around a bunch of ladies, the conversation naturally gravitates towards everyone share their labor and delivery <laughs> stories. Is that helpful or is that not helpful? It is not helpful. <laughs> um, Because rarely do the stories emphasize how fun it was to give birth. And again, (laughs) to these poor ladies who are standing there, it evokes fear.
1: Oh, I can understand that.
2: And as we've already talked about, there's many resources available that can help you be more informed. And you would think that those resources would actually help eliminate some of the fear, We read the books, we took the classes, and, you know, as I was thinking through that, it didn't help eliminate fear. And in some cases, it created even more fear in my life. So the thing I needed to settle my heart was gospel truth, Mm -hmm. not classes, not books, but the gospel So in the book, I wrote how Psalm 23 promises that the Lord is my shepherd, he has me in his hand and whatever labor and delivery looks like for me, Mm. I have a God who cares deeply for me and who's going to join me right then and there. So I wanted to encourage couples to prepare in advance by viewing labor and delivery through the lens of God and his word, because that's what brings incredible comfort and peace in the midst of scary times.
1: That's interesting that you would use Psalm 23 in that. You know, I can't tell you how many times at funerals I've used Psalm 23 to try to be a comfort to a family. It never dawned on me that during labor and delivery, Psalm 23 would be a powerful passage. That makes so much sense.
2: Yeah. Well, with one of our kids, he was born unexpectedly five weeks early, and we didn't know how it was going to play out. Mm. We were told by the doctor we were going to have a team in here because... It could go any way. Wow. And I just remember laying there and just quoting Psalm twenty three over and over again mm. and what a comfort that was to me. I didn't have any reason to be anxious mm. because God comforted me with his word.
1: And you know, that's I think a demonstration of why it's so important that ladies in the biblical counseling movement are also writing. And we're seeing that happen. If you look at the resources that are being produced right now. A uh, fairly significant percentage of them are from the women whom God has raised up in the biblical counseling movement. I don't know, Rob, if, if you would admit this on a podcast or not, but I'll be happy to say it. I would have never thought of the relationship between Psalms. If you said, write a book about labor and delivery, actually, that would be like <laughs> one page of nothingness. <laughs> So that's problem number one. But prob- I would have never thought to do that. So I'm so glad that you were willing to take the time to write and to give that kind of insight. Very, very helpful. Very, very helpful. So thank you
0: for that for sure. I actually wrote a page. <laughs> <laughs> in that, only telling the story of how clumsy I was right. <laughs> in the midst of labor and delivery. It was clear I had no idea but what was I was you. doing. Was yeah. To you too. And... Uh, <laughs> Just wow. try to give comfort to the men, too, that, hey, you're you're going to blow it, but it's not going to be <laughs> as bad as I did.
1: Yeah, and you know the story of what I was like when our first daughter Bethany was born. And so we're not the podcast is not long enough to talk about <laughs> all of my failures. But thank the Lord for godly women, right? Who are Indeed. writing and helping us learn what we need to learn. Rob, you talked about the matter of stewardship in the book too. Can you talk to us about what it was why was that important and what were
0: you trying to help parents understand about that? You know, we wrote about sleep, money, time, because sometimes parents get super, especially new parents, get super uptight, and we don't want to be domineering. Instead, we wanted them to remember some of the core truths of the Word, like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and then love your neighbor as yourself, and now you have an additional neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And remember Second Corinthians 5, 9 and 10, just basic, simple truths of just pleasing the Lord and seeking to honor Him with the very best that you have. And then not to get super wound up, because, you know, Psalm 117 tells us, Praise the Lord, all nations, laud him, all peoples, for the loving kindness of the Lord is great toward us. Hmm, Wonderful. And so he's not just praising God because his loving kindness is great. He's praising God because his loving kindness is great in our direction. Yeah, toward us. And so when you are struggling and not knowing what to do in these moments, remember that it's God's loving kindness that's with you. And we weren't trying to be domineering about all of the choices that parents were making, but we just wanted to encourage them to think, relax, don't be so uptight. It'll be okay. Put your focus on Christ Mm -hmm. and what he wants, and the rest will come together. And then try not to make decisions that are going to lock you into things forever. You know, For example, some parents, the woman wants to continue to work, and they value that. For others, they don't want that to happen. And so people can make decisions that can lock themselves into something that they regret. Hmm. And so we just wanted to give some lip service to think about those matters so that you don't lock yourselves into a box that you then now have to live in, even if you don't want to later on. Hmm. So that was kind of the stewardship conversation.
1: Yeah, then you talked about spiritual and physical rest, and such an important concept, but I'm not sure would have naturally been thought of. So can you explain why did that reach the level of we need to get that in this
0: book? It's hard to experience or describe the experience of a new baby. In the oh, absolutely! <laughs> oh my, yeah. I mean, those first six weeks seem like they're just one day. Yeah. It's, it doesn't. The sun never shines. It never sets. It's just one long day. Yeah, it's funny that you
1: say that because yesterday we had a staff meeting and one of our younger staff meetings, and his wife just had a little baby, and he was walking in yawning, and I just I asked if his sleep. <laughs> patterns have changed since the baby arrived, and that would be a big yes. (laughs) Yes. So go ahead and talk to us about that. So
0: I wanted to talk about rest, and you know the Bible speaks about rest in a lot of different ways. You know, we have evangelistic rest, like John 11, 28 to 30, you know, come, all you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He's talking about the salvation of a soul, which is constantly in turmoil over its lost condition. Then we have physical rest, which is the opportunity to stop exerting, mm-hmm. to cease from activity. But then there's also spiritual rest. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yep. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 2, I believe it is. And when you think about Nehemiah, man, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of rest <laughs> in Nehemiah. Yep. And yet there is everything about rest there. Hmm. They're taking such Courage and confidence from the Lord that it gives them the strength in order to build the wall, to guard each other, to be alert and active through all of the terrors. And when you think about a new baby, you have to be alert Hmm. and awake and ready to serve that child. And so there are times when you need a nap, for sure. But there are also times you need the word and you need your time with Jesus Hmm. to settle your soul and help you be prepared for the next thing that you need to do. We also thought it was really important for parents to engage and fathers specifically to engage so that at the early stages, because ultimately it's his responsibility. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the teaching and admonition of the Lord. That just reminds us that the earlier that dad's involved, the better. And how often do you hear a dad say something like, well, I need to babysit my children. right? And you're thinking, you don't babysit your children. You have the privilege of parenting your children. Big difference. And it's a a mindset difference of what are they going to think not just now, but five years from now or 10 years from now? Are they going to view their responsibility as a father as babysitting or providing child care? Or are they viewing themselves as the active parent? And I think we both can remember many cases where mom was far more concerned about the child than dad was. Hmm. And so this is an opportunity to say, dad, as soon as that baby comes out of the womb, get excited about your role as a Mm -hmm. father. Wonderful. Wonderful. So Stephanie, if I'm a
1: new parent and I'm reading this book, what were you hoping that I would leave with?
2: there's several things first we want you to know that the one who allowed you to have this child he's going to help you raise that child Mm -hmm. rely on the lord and seek to honor him we also want you to be excited and encouraged this book is not a downer instead of Mm -hmm. telling you how bad labor will be we talk about a good god who will be your shepherd every step of the way so we hope couples are more excited than ever to welcome their little one into their home
1: Mm -hmm. i love them i love and you know i think that's a theme that works throughout this entire conversation of trusting in the Lord, resting in Him, finding your joy in Him. Yeah. And so even during the, you mentioned the delivery itself and certainly in the early days, it's going to be different, it's going to be hard, but there's also the possibility of enhanced relationship with Christ in the midst of it
0: all. And I want to add, the gospel truths that work in the challenges in your marriage and the challenges that work and the challenges with church members or neighbors are the same gospel truths that matter in your parenting. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted parents to think of it that way, as opposed to saying, well, I'm, I'm going to care about my Bible on Sunday morning, but then I'm going to go read Dr. So-and-so yep. about how to parent a mm-hmm. child. Right. And then we also wanted the book to exude joy, hmm. that there's joy that. in every stage. Yep. And... We tell a couple stories in the book of, you know, our children as infants, where we were sitting in a lazy boy, and they fit entirely on our chest, and just how delightful that is. And, you know, as parents of grown children now, at least our boys are grown men, and if they lay on my chest, it hurts, (laughs) you know, as opposed to the joy that it was at that time. And then as they grow, you know, the toddler stage, we love that. I tell this one little story that is just so funny. Our oldest and I were having a boys' tent night. Uh-huh. And so that meant we set up a tent in the living room. And Stephanie's job was to go to the grocery store and get all of the junk food that she could possibly find. So we're asking
1: a nurse to do that. Absolutely. So
0: whatever cuts our life short by, you know, oh, 5 minutes it. would be the focus of our time and then we would watch a movie or something together and stay the night in the tent in the living room. Hmm. And so I told my son something and he says to me, and and he's probably 3 at this time. He says to me, "Shut up." Oh. And I'm thinking, "What what does that mean?" And I, so I'm having trouble processing it, so I ask him again, and he says the same thing. He's like, shut up. And I'm thinking, this can't be true, because hmm. like, we don't talk like this at home, so where would he have heard this? So I ask one more time, and he looks at me dead square in the eyes, and he says, Dad, I said shut up. Oh, And in this moment, I just lost it hysterically. I was laughing. We both were laughing because it dawned on me where he got it. We had seen a TV commercial for Saturn cars. Remember Saturn cars? I do. So this commercial, the salesman was describing all of the wonderful features of the car. And the customer was saying, shut up like no way that's amazing right it wasn't shut up be quiet it Uh was shut up this is amazing (laughs) he heard that and he just applied it in this little (laughs) circumstance and it was just a picture of the delight Hmm. of little children learning language Hmm. here he was just mimicking a tv commercial that he'd heard and he thought shut up meant that's so amazing dad this is so cool (laughs) And didn't realize that it actually had another meaning. It does have another meaning. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about joy and encouragement. Yeah, I'm so glad you wrote the book. How can somebody get a hold of this? This is available at Faith Resource Center, which is faithlafayette.org slash store. And then it's available on Amazon and other resources, sites like that. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, y'all, I know this was a labor of love. You were already busy before you decided to write this for the good of the kingdom. So thank you for investing in this way. Listeners, I hope that you'll take the time to get this book, to read it, to use it, and hopefully to be able to glorify the Lord in this part of your life. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts. And you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.